You're listening to a Comics XF podcast. X-Men. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your lovely X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. And I'm Adam. It's Zach, <laughs> the bad boy of X-Men podcasting. Hey everyone. Hey, what's up lovers? Welcome to our very special Valentine's Day episode. Hope you're feeling sultry on this Monday morning. I'm not. <laughs> It's Tuesday. <laughs> it is for us, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I understand that some people will listen to this on Monday. Some mm-hmm. people will save this. Some people yeah. will binge listen to this podcast, which is a, folks, that's a wild choice. You don't need to hear me that frequently. I love when I hear about th- people doing that. That just makes I me, love- just, it, it fills my soul with happiness that someone wants to listen to our voices for like Hundreds of hours. Of just I just like, don't what? understand it, Adam. That's the that's the thing. It's like, oh, that's great. I don't get it, but that's great. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but on this uh, lovely week, we uh, have our Valentine's Day episode because it's coming out the week of Valentine's Day. And because it's Valentine's Day, uh, we we thought that we would bring out our Valentines for this episode. That is, of course, hi, Adam. You're my Valentine, I guess. Hey Zach, you're, you're how you who doing? I'm spending Valentine's week with, <laughs> or at least Valentine's recording. You're my podcasting Valentine uh, this week, so you know. Did I already make a joke last week when we prepped this episode saying about how my wife we should have on, and then absolutely not because my wife would not and will not read an X Men comic because she's the most normal person. You did, you did say that you were going to ask her to read these issues, and then you immediately said, "No, that would be a terrible idea because there's no way she's gonna gonna touch these." I just don't think if I care about my marriage, which I do, mm-hmm. that I should make my wife read Robert Kirkman uh, X Men <laughs> or Jason Aaron. Like it's just like. That's not her vibe. Her vibe's watching Law and Order SVU with a bowl of ice cream. I, listen, She's that sounds like a aggressively very fun, normal. I love that, it. It's beautiful. That sounds like a lovely evening. Um, we are going to talk about three stories that are date night stories um, that come from the X Men canon. Which X Men would have the best date night by eating a bowl of ice cream and watching Law and Order SVU? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, maybe. Who's like chill? Who's like a you know chill who I'm couple? Gonna, I'm gonna say it's Husk yeah. and Chamber. Oh, that's nice. I like that. I think I think Husk needs like a 45 minute done in one, like quick solved mystery. Yeah, and like that's that's how she decompresses. So we're we're standing um, Husk and Chamber, not Jubilee and Chamber, in this scenario. In this scenario, I don't know any. In this scenario, I'm not going to say that Husk and Angel because I don't think of them as a couple. <laughs> no, no. I think of them as a mistake. And then Husk yeah. doesn't have other romantic interests. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, when the X-Men go on a date, like I, when we were picking uh, the stories for this and I'm putting them on the list, I was like, oh, I'm like, what about that time that the Cyber Eye attacked Opal and Bobby? I was like, does that count as a date? And I went and I yeah, looked at the issue. Yeah, they were at a record store, right? And they were on a date for literally like one page. And I was like, oh, we can't use this. There's no actual like date. They <laughs> We should have done a 60s X-Men Zelda in what's her yeah. name? Yep. I forget. What's 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 the other one's name that's not um, Zelda? Oh, I don't remember. It's, it's, it's Bobby's. It's Be- no, because Beast is... <sighs> we gotta look this up. It's so bothering me. Listen, I'm thinking about the coffee go go Yeah, yeah. Frequently. There, there are... Verna! There, there we go. There are lots of Silver Age issues where they end up at the cafe or like they're quote-unquote on a date, but it, it it's... It's not as the issues that we chose 
for this episode are very still like date centric. So I, I think we selected well. Man, Verna hasn't shown up since X-Men The Hidden Years Volume 1, Number 2. I That's fine. Do we need Verna? I mean, is Verna yeah, like kinda. burning up the charts? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Ben Percy, X-Force, cuts to Verna being like, <laughs> I can't believe I dated that guy. I used, to, I used to screw this guy. He's doing several genocides. <laughs> I think you're giving Hank too much credit there. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how successful he was in his romantic life <laughs> before he graduated. Oh, I age. think, I think Verna was down to clown. Okay, you saw, you saw when, like she, she, she went through a hippie phase later. Maybe like, Verna, Verna was uptight by '60s standards. I assume. So, so Hank got it. Take advantage of the free love situation, like the, you know, you know what I mean. I free- think I just. I just think kids will be kids. Just sure. like, well, actually, not just like, in fact, exactly unlike the main couple that we're going to be talking about in our first story, Adam. Yeah, this this is an iconic one, I think. It's it's Rogan Gambit. Uh, it's X-Men 24 by Fibini Ciesa with pencils by Andy Kubert. Inks, you know it's Bill Sienkiewicz. Well, you say that, but the first page does not credit him. It just says Andy Kubert and company, which is odd because for eagle-eyed readers of X-Men who have seen Sienkiewicz's work over the years, it's pretty clear it's Sienkiewicz. You know, you can kind of spot his line quality, but it's weird that I, I guess he didn't do the whole issue. Maybe Matt Ryan did some of it. Maybe Kubert inked himself on a couple pages, but don't, no Sienkiewicz say? credit. Where's the love for Bill? I, I mean, I got a lot of love for Bill. Yeah, me too. Tony Salmas doesn't have a lot of love for Bill, but uh, that's inside baseball right there, baby. That's referencing a Facebook post. Yeah, I think we've actually talked about that on air before. It's because I'm constantly thinking about it. My God. Yeah, I just, I forgot who the guy was. Anyway, the first thing we got to talk about with this issue is this cover. You know, this is an iconic cover. Uh, Andy Kubert has Gambit rogue jumping into his arms arms around you know legs up in the air it is just a very very romantic cover uh and i i think this is a favorite of a, of a lot of people especially people who really got hooked on this couple in the 90s so they go on a date uh mm-hmm. gambit takes them to papa gumbo's cajun cookout does adam i don't know manhattan's restaurant districts all that well yeah why did why did Papa Gumbo's Cajun Cookout not look like a Cajun restaurant? <laughs> well, the, it's interesting because Gambit is clearly psyched about this gumbo. Um, Rogue is like a kind of reacting to the, how spicy it is, but also spitting it out in her napkin. So I don't know how good it could possibly be. I mean, listen, <laughs> the problem is Gambit. We all know Gambit a good cook. He's going to get you diet etouffee. He's going to... Gonna get you that jambalaya. Yeah, I mean the main entree here is um, questions upon questions. You know that why aren't you telling me the whole story? Well, why won't you let me in? And you know that the core tensions of this relationship. We have to remember that this date is actually the same date that they were trying to go on in right. the the first ten issues when they got yeah, abducted the Omega Red by thing. Omega Red. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're they're like trying to go on that date then they're like let's do a picnic date let's keep it easy that's right and then bishop shows up yep. and they have to throw a pie at him <laughs> then they finally finally now get to go on a date and you know what rogan gambit are hecka charming in this they're a good couple i like them i get why it works they rogue rogue wants to get down so bad and gambit to his credit fairly chill about the whole situation like he is not animated series gambit who is constantly like oh let me get a kiss yeah 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 he's we're gonna take this step by step it's okay maybe we don't even have to kiss yeah you know and and it's nice it it goes from the gumbo date to a nice horse ride carriage ride um through the park where it's just it's legitimately cute and romantic and not, you know, like you, you kind of expect Gambit to be a little sleazy and he's not, 
he's actually kind of being a real, you know, gentleman and, and it's very romantic. Imagine Gambit if he wasn't written in the animated series by a actual pickup artist. Like imagine <laughs> the cultural cachet that Gambit would have at that point. Like there's a point in this where, you know, like he made, she makes a point about how like Gambit, you're not telling me your whole life story. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, the parts of her life, his life story that she has seen are pretty weird and bad. Yeah. And involve like, wait, you killed her brother. That's your wife. <laughs> There's sewers in New Orleans. <laughs> There's Great a questions. lot of stuff. But and he's like, well, come on, Shan. You don't even tell me your name. Yeah. And she goes to the point to say, you know, Remy, my name is, and he's like, listen, I don't. That's not important. This. I don't care about your past. I don't care about any of this. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to like be with you, who you are today. That is a really nice, affirming thing. And it makes like I get the appeal of Gambit and Rogue to a subset of people who were like reading comics at this time. Like, oh yeah, I get it because I think Gambit's. I think Gambit got a bad, bad vibe and a bad reputation from a lot of people. And maybe not all of it is deserved. Maybe some of it deserved Gambit. Well, but not you, all of it. The 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 flip side to what you're describing is that you know is Gambit being a true gentleman by not asking these questions, or is he also playing like that he's hiding, you know, these things away, and he really doesn't want Rogue to find out. So there's a little bit of that, but here it is really not played that way. It is played very, very straight so that, you know, you, you see that he genuinely cares about her and, and it's reciprocated. So Kubert, Kubert's great in this. Like I, we were talking last week about like nineties artists and you were talking about Joe mad Mm -hmm. and like, that's the problem is that Joe Matt is so far from this. And yeah. this to me is like, this is where I think when I think of like X-Men. Yeah. I mean, he is the quintessential like post Jim Lee X-Men volume two artist for sure. And this is also picking up on a couple other threads. Um, we have Psylocke and Conan that are sort of jousting. Realizing what a that- weird thing for them. Cause yeah. Wolverine just kind of shows up on their weird fight date. Uh, and tells them, you know, two bodies, four minds. Uh, of course, you're not going to have it all figured out. And, you know, this is before the reveal that Conan has the legacy virus. So, you know, this is just Fabian just kind of letting it be chaotic. Uh, also being chaotic is when Fabian has uh, walk through Betsy's room and she's like, hey. You're white. <laughs> right. What's with all this white? Asian stuff? <laughs> Why does your room look like a P.F. Chang's, Betsy? <laughs> Felt right. Felt right. And right at the time. That's her, <laughs> that's her line. That's her, her line is, felt right at the time. I don't, listen, we're all going through it right now. This is, <laughs> we're mixed up. At least Betsy's like, she has the, she has the wherewithal to step back like, Okay, yeah, now I see it. I see Yes, this, I see it. This this has some problematic elements to it. Yep. I can see why maybe I need to tone it back. I am not Japanese actually. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh other locations in this issue, we do have Professor X and Hank uh, examining the legacy virus. You have Scott coming back from uh Canada after his encounter with Mr. Sinister. So can big revelations. Scott thinks that, you know, Strife is his son. Well, well, so yes, he does. Uh, but you're you're not talking about the important other couple that gets reunited here. Oh, yeah. Scott that they and told all this to. No, Moira and Banshee, buddy. Oh, yeah. I just skipped that completely. But that's. I know you did. That's the other big one. What's very funny is as Scott's explaining this, Moira and Professor X are sitting there listening to this whole thing. And Professor X is like, huh, I, I've never heard of this. Mr. Sinister <laughs> <Yeah>. sounds bad. <laughs> he sounds bad. Scott never heard of that. Guy. I don't know if we can trust him. <laughs> and it's just like, I, it's just, it's funny to go back. It's it really so is funny. 
I had the same like, exact reaction to that the, that line. You know, never met you know, the guy. Telepathically, telepathically, <laughs> he's going over to Moira like this freaking guy again. He's screwing <laughs> things up. Come on, he's gonna be he's gonna be the death of all of us. Like he is it all up. a problem. I'm and she's like, I told you so. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna do a Scottish. Uh, I'll go with the Scottish girl. I told you so, Charles. Oh, That's what she. And I'm gonna be a robot. The other <laughs> emotional. Nice job. Uh, the other emotional beat the is that... on the robot a lot. I don't know if they do that. <laughs> that Jubilee is um, really in mourning uh, after Ileana dies, has an interaction with Kitty about the Banff doll and is, you know, being consoled by Wolverine. So there's a lot of, you know, emotional beats here as it's being advertised at the last page that we're all leading up to the 25th issue spectacular, you know, hologram is going to be on the cover and uh, it's going to be very exciting. I mean, fatal attractions gets dark really quick and they like a lot of stuff just happens to the X-Men real fast for a while. So I do like having a nice quiet, one-off issue and that's something that i feel this era of x-men did pretty well i agree Uh, i think they took breaks in between arcs and let it let it stew you know we actually got to see the characters interact in ways that there is no fight scene in this issue there is no fight scene there's no villain that shows up and and has a uh, monologue it is just straight up character interactions that are really, really interesting and nice that help develop the characters. It's nice. This is just like a nice issue. It's, yeah. It's comforting. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I I like it. I like, I don't think every comic needs to be me hanging out with my friends, the X-Men, but I do think some comics need to be me hanging out with my friends, the X-Men. Oh, like, yeah. Give me that with the lasers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that being said, I think we both like this issue. Um, why don't we try and rank it on our big old list? Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. We do have a big old list. Everyone knows about the big old list. It's it's our big old list. Uh, we're ranking every X-Men story from best to worst, with the best being the House of X Powers 10 at number one. And Adam, do you know, do you know how big this list is at this point? Oh, what are we at? 870? Wow. That's on the road to 900. Which is almost the road to a thousand. That's only nine more episodes after this one. That's crazy. It's not. A thousand is not nine away from. I For 900, 900. Yes. Did you say road we'll to 900 or did you say not a road to 1000? I said we're on the road to 900, which is the road to the road to 1000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the 1K road. Adam, the 1K road's going to be like the victory lap of this podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. Because here's the thing. No one should legally be allowed to read a thousand X-Men comics. Oh like, man. It's too many. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, well, we've never actually calculated how many issues we've read on this. I'm sure it's already oh, well over a thousand. Easily, Adam. Easily. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I've read pretty much everything that's on this list like before. <laughs> yeah. I'm going through for round two on almost everything. You're you at least are able to sample some stuff for the first time every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I envy that. Uh, fresh eyes. So it's, it's a gift. <laughs> number 200 on this list is X-Men Black Apocalypse. Number 400 on this list is Special Edition X-Men number one. Uh, number 600 on this list is that time that uh, in Marvel team up where Havoc and Thor teamed up with Spider-Man to fight the living monolith. Number 800 is Legion, the uh, Peter Milligan series that made me sad. And number 870 is the worst X-Men comic of all time. 2099 world of tomorrow. Hey, this one pretty good. It is. And I'm, I mean, it's, I'm thinking it's definitely top 150 Cause okay. I, yeah. I just, I just think it, it really is just indicative of all of the great hallmarks of this uh, of this era. I think it it, it it does a nice job. Currently at 150 is all-new X-Men number 37, mm-hmm. uh, which is a uh, one-off story about Emma Frost and Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Training uh, issue. It's a training issue. Above that, a couple of spots up is... X-Factor 27 Gifts. How do you mm-hmm. feel about it compared to that? Um, I think we're in the right area, you know? Like, at 142 is Ladies' Night. I don't think I would put it above that. 
So I, I think we're kind of in the right area. Yeah, I think I think this is better than uh, the Jerry Duggan cable, the first part of that. I would say probably not as good as Excalibur 61 at 145. Truth and Consequence. Which is, it's when they it's when they fight Rachel fights Galactus. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it's got that Alan Davis baby. Yeah, not, yeah, it does. It does have Alan Davis. It really I'm does. Um, that sounds like a great place for it. So let's put this at one forty six. That's X Men right. Volume two twenty four uh, for all you lovers out there. And uh, we've got some more I'm dates. More of a fighter. More of a fighter. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a little bit more fighting uh i feel like in this next one but still still a lot of not just one date lots of dates why don't you tell us why don't you tell us what this is zach since this is one of your beloved series okay we're you're you're using that term pretty pretty loosely (laughs) especially at 66 plus Uh, (laughs) i know it's ultimate x-men 66 to 60 nice uh or i'm sorry it's 66 to 68 we don't get we don't get the fun stuff in here uh, it's by Robert Kirkman. It's by Tom Rainey. It's called Date Night. Ah. Uh, this is the start of Robert Kirkman's run. And here's something that I'll say about Robert Kirkman. A mm-hmm. guy who understands how to keep you buying the next issue of a comic better than nearly anybody. And I'm not saying that I enjoy his comics. I want to be clear. I'm saying that the man's really good at saying, well, I'll read another one. <laughs> I'll see where this is going. Do you know how much of The Walking Dead I read oh. after I knew I didn't like the series? Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like potato chips. And he's a real potato chip writer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone on the record as saying not a big Kirkman fan um, in general, but this is a three issue arc that um, involves a variety of different combinations of characters uh, including a very long one-on-one with Professor X and the ultimate version of uh, Lalandra, who represents a Earth-based Phoenix cult, essentially. Okay, kind of so, yeah. It, I don't even know where to begin with this. It, ultimate X-Men was so worried about doing any of the alien stuff Mm -hmm. and i understand it because like i understand that it's weird that the most important x-men story is a sci-fi story that uh was originally claremont and cockrum ripping off star wars and then then it kind of got away from claremont and now it's just it's the most important thing to Mm x-men and i get that if you are doing an ultimate version of that Maybe keep the alien, the weird aliens out of it. Like, it's just, <laughs> sure. it's a hat on a hat. But I don't know if the Church of Shi'ar Enlightenment is exactly the best way to square that circle. Well, speaking of squaring circles, uh, it is revealed that the Phoenix is, was imprisoned and that its prison is the planet Earth. So the core, the molten core of the Earth in the ultimate universe is the Phoenix, apparently. And they believe that the second coming is going to be Jean Grey. So they are willing to financially back the Xavier Institute so that they can have exclusive research rights on this young lady. I guess that's a thing. It's a, it's a weird idea uh, <laughs> that Ultimate Laundress has. So for these three issues, and boy, these are decompressed issues. Uh, they are Ultimate Comics. Uh, for these three issues... Her and Professor X are just having dinner, negotiating the terms of her funding the school because Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer associated with them, which is, here's the thing. I think it's absolutely right that Professor X is like, maybe actually making them a government-sponsored hit squad is a bad move. Mm -hmm. Making them a fundamental extremist religion (laughs) hit squad. Maybe also not good, (laughs) right? It's just, you can... You can try more than one idea, Charles. Yeah. So while all that is happening, we're seeing a couple other uh, downtime dates happen. Um, You've got Scott and Gene going out. Gene is looking for adventure, spontaneity, and Scott is... Gene is so horny at this. Scott is being 
his best boring gentleman and it's not working for Gene until she really pushes him to say, Hey, uh, like let's, let's make out. We didn't come here to watch this movie. <laughs> as, as someone who grew up in a very religious repressed environment, especially around sexuality, I can relate to Scott Summers. I have a lot of this. It's like, Oh, I got him. I want to make sure. I don't know. I didn't think girls liked any of this stuff. This is just what guys are into. Right. Surprise, I think, ladies like... I think it's cute. <laughs> Romance, too. <laughs> it's weird that we take three issues to do this, but essentially, Scott and Jean's story is, they do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's their whole story in this. Uh, same for uh, Bobby and Rogue, who had previously been broken up, but Rogue now has absorbed Ultimate Gambit, Gambit. powers. So she no, is... No, no, she has absorbed Ultimate Gambit. Oh, completely. Right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So she doesn't have any of her issues with touch, and it's also implied that they get it on. Uh, so that's two for two. There's an unfortunate kind of thing about Kurt, um, Ultimate Nightcrawler, and so, um, Colossus going to visit uh, Ultimate Dazzler in the hospital. So let let me set the record in general. Ultimate Nightcrawler never worked. Like, Mm-mm. they tried to, they tried to make him like a, he was a scared kid who was tied into Weapon X, uh, like a lot of the characters were, and he never had the fun of Nightcrawler. No. And then as, like, X2 played up his religion pretty heavily, they were hitting that in the comics pretty hard, which meant that. Well, let's see. We have uh, one of the things they're doing in Ultimate Universe is Colossus was gay. That's mm-hmm. great. Uh, but what does his religious best friend think about this in 2006? And I'm not saying that if there was a heavily religious person in 2006 and they found out that one of their friends was gay, that they may not also have an incredibly homophobic reaction to it. I think that's both reasonable and normal. And I just don't think you should write my friend Nightcrawler that way. I was just about to say that. That's the trick. That's the trick. It's like, I get it. I do get it. Yeah. But this is my friend Nightcrawler, who is a good boy. Yeah. It's, it's just an unfortunate pairing. It's, it's not that it's, uh, you know, I'll give Kirkman credit. Uh, he's actually trying to, you know, write something that that's pretty positive for the Colossus character. It's just using Nightcrawler's is just kind of unfortunate. Um, and then um, everything else that happens to Ultimate Nightcrawler is way worse. Like he becomes Adam. If you think that this story ends with Kurt saying, "Huh, actually, I shouldn't be homophobic." No, anymore. he. I know Thank he you didn't for learn teaching anything. me a valuable lesson. <laughs> He's learned it gets nothing. Way worse. It gets. Yeah. It gets like frustratingly worse. It's unfortunate. Uh, Colossus just said, "Does say, Kurt, you're not my type." And yeah, <laughs> that's fun. It's it's fun that it's like up like he's like. Kurt, look, no, like, he says, I mean, I think the skin's kind of cute, but, like, have you seen me? You're not my type, Kurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, our last date for date night is uh, Logan and Oh, wait, one more, one, more, one, more, one more thing about the the uh, Kurt and Colossus. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They go and see Dazzler in the hospital. And again, this is punk rock, like, Nine Inch Nails Dazzler. Right. And Nightcrawler is so upset that she wanted to kiss Angel instead of him mm-hmm. because I thought she would understand that a devil can be beautiful or something like this. <laughs> right, right. I and it's like, that. shut up, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> You're being weird. And I don't like this side no, of No, he's super disappointed that he's not going alone because Colossus offers to tag along. And, oh, it's just, it's really creepy. Every Everything about Nightcrawler in this is like, it's making me... I'm not getting the vibes that I want from my friend, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, The last date that we have um, is Logan and Storm, who hit the pool hall, get into some fights, and then run into Sabretooth, who claims that he is Logan's son so that he can take a chunk of Logan uh, as, as a souvenir for what why did he take the chunk i forget oh uh he goes to he goes to professor abraham cornelius that's who you know him yeah he brings him back to weapon x okay yeah he uh forgot does that and then cornelius 
like 30 issues later does a thing with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like becomes mutated by it. There's also a bit with S.H.I.E.L.D. going after Elliot An Boggs. unnamed character, yeah. Uh, or a character we don't need to worry about. <laughs> the reality warper, Elliot Boggs. <laughs> do you know, here's the thing. I do believe Elliot Boggs has several more appearances in Robert Kirkman's X-Men, mm-hmm. and I'm not paying attention to those. Uh, that's totally fine. I don't well, need to. Okay. I mean, that's not really why we're here anyway. You know, we're here for the dates. He's not, we're fun. Not... He's not fun or important. He's no. just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird, this is a weird thing. Like, he's like, like Storm and Wolverine, are they dating? I don't think they're actually dating. I don't I think, think they are. Just I think, like, yeah, I just... think they're just being like biker Owls. people together. Yeah, they're just enjoying, you know, some time out and beating people up uh, during pool games, you know, and that, that sounds like a good time. Uh, oh, to them, Shadowcat Shadow does go on a date with Spider-Man, and then he has homework or something. So <laughs> yeah, so I I think this is very much a comic of its time. You know, like that X-Men issue we just talked about is definitely indicative of its era, but it yes. also still feels very like universally X-Men in a way that doesn't feel constrained to the '90s. This definitely feels. <laughs> Oh, this is this is very 2006, and I'm of yes. two minds of that. Like, I think I've said on this podcast before, and if not, I've said it in real life, and that's really what's more important, mm-hmm. that I don't mind if things are dated in that they feel like they could have only been from a certain era, because most things in life are ethereal and aren't meant to be long-lasting, and I'm okay if something is a monument to that moment and i do ours when we were talking about runaways that's what it was we were talking about runaways we did yeah Mm -hmm. and this does feel very 2006 i just also don't want to go back to that feeling Mm. like i'm like okay yeah this is what comics were doing in 2006 i'm done with this now robert yeah very much feels like kirkman is trying to translate a lot of what bendis was doing with ultimate spider-man into the staging of these storylines and bouncing between them and it's okay it's fine i i didn't have a bad time reading these comics by any stretch i think tom rainey's art actually works pretty well for these stories um it's i've seen him uh in a little bit more of a stylish mode like 90s tom rainey mode is a little bit different than what we're seeing here and i've seen work that's much more rushed from Tom Rainey that is not nearly as good as what I'm seeing here. So I think this is kind of like middle of the road. He's doing a nice job telling the story and it's fine. It's a lot of talking heads. It's a lot of talking heads. It's fine. Yeah. You want to rank okay. this one? Yeah, it's let's fine. let's cause this doesn't have, I think the staying power of what we were just talking about. Um, and it really doesn't. It also doesn't have the what in the world is like that, that what the heck uh, ultimate kind of feeling that we get from a lot of ultimate stories too, which. So where should we, we're, we're, if Ooh. you're looking on the list right now, I don't know. It's, it's not as good as Gambit uh, Tombstone Blues, which is at 500. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I think that's fine. That's a good starting point for us here. Is this better or worse than Ultimate X-Men The Tempest, which is 46 to 49? It's not as, it's not as good as The yeah. Tempest. Yeah, I don't think it is. Um, 575 is Colossus Bloodline. That's probably better. Uh, I mean, I think we're I think we're getting we're sniffing at the right area here. Yeah. Yeah, we're I would I would put it below New Mutants 98 to 100 though. Mm-hmm. What about Enemy of the State? We were just talking about, um, no, off air. We were talking off about air. Enemy off of the air. Off air. We were talking about Enemy of the State. Yeah, for reasons that will become apparent. I mean, Enemy of the State's got better art than this. Yeah, like, I would uh, agree. JRJR is cooking. So now we're getting down to it. You know, like six hundred Dazzler twenty-seven to twenty-eight. Uh, I guess which one's Dazzler twenty-seven? <laughs> you I think I remember know. random issues of? I don't Dazzler. think you're that, out of your gourd. I don't think that's rogue stuff. So, well, it's got to be something rogue related, it, right? It is. It's when her and Lois are traveling cross country. Oh yeah, yep. And they fight the sisterhood. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'd let's say it's better than that, but pro- I mean, it's probably worse than Ghost Box from Astonishing X Men. 
Probably worse than Collision from X23 Dakin. Okay, so this is going to be our new 600. Let's make it our 600. All right, great. You know, it's if you're reading Ultimate X-Men, it's certainly not a terrible arc, but it it's just doesn't have the same, you know, memorability that, that the other did. All Wild right. that this is what he opens with, right? Oh, this is his first arc. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. That's insane. Not the first arc is the uh, last story we're covering. This is a tie-in to Avengers vs. X-Men. Mm-hmm. It's called My Dinner with the Phoenix. <laughs> Wolverine and the X-Men number 14. Uh, it's Jason Aaron and Jorge Milena. Hey, this is not even the only dinner date with the Phoenix that no. happens during AVX. It's, nope. in fact, the worst of the two. Yes, and we, we've covered the other one, if I'm not mistaken, because... Have we done? Have well, we isn't done that, that one? isn't that part of... No, we, def- we did it as... We, we did it we as did... part of an Emma and Scott episode, I think. We might have. Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? It's not like we write all this down. <laughs> well, we... I mean, we do, but that's the, um, that's the joke. That's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. So Wolverine and the X-Men 14 involves uh, Piotr coming down to the Jean Grey school and demanding essentially that Kitty go on a date with him. And um, Hey, Adam, can I real quick, I sent you in the chat. Can you, you did the you solicit s- image. Uh-huh. Oh, Very it, weird. Why is it pixelated? Um, Because quote, we can't say much or we'll spoil the event of the summer. Kitty Pride <laughs> on a date with... Hmm? Question mark. Okay. And I get that, like, the Phoenix Five part wasn't uh, available yet. But couldn't they just quickly re- have Nick Bradshaw redraw Colossus, like, in not Phoenix clothes? I mean, it, it seems... sell stands- that as a variant? Yeah, it stands to reason that you could. Also, not a big surprise given that the pixels are all Colossus metal colors. Like, it's all gray and and black. Because here's the thing. I look at this and say, okay, who could this be? Well, it's Kitty Pride, and it's a large gray man, so probably Colossus. But it could be Rockslide. Oh, no, Rockslide's in the background. Never mind, it's Colossus. (laughs) Rockslide, Rockslide literally right over there, just so you know. No, it's Colossus, folks. So over the years, I think, um, you know, I've heard a lot of fans really bad mouth Colossus. And if you need ground zero for disliking Colossus, there's plenty of examples before this. But this particular issue really, really makes it hard to like Colossus because not only is he in uh, Phoenix five God mode, but he's like about as <laughs> oppressive a date as he possibly can imagine. And he is demanding not only that kitty go out with him, but like, I mean, there's almost a, like a proposal here. He is like completely it's... out of his mind. He's out of his mind, and you could write it as, well, it's the Phoenix, and they're trying to play it off as, well, the Phoenix Force, it's actually making making him be like this. And, like, okay, I get it, but I don't like it. Like, here's the thing. I don't know that you have to break Colossus to do all this, you know? Like, what are we gaining from this? I don't, I don't know. Well, I find it weird that, like, writers want to lean into the fact that Colossus and Kitty shouldn't have really dated because they were of a slightly inappropriate age gap of at the time. And they resolved that off screen and said, actually, wait, no, we should break them up. And he gets beat up for it in a great issue. Mm -hmm. And then he learns his lesson. And then we keep coming back to, well, look, he was a terrible guy. Look how he was taking advantage of her. And, he wasn't if you're reading the stories. Like, if you read the comics, that's not what was happening. They just, Chris Claremont and Jim Shooter realized, oh, this, the optics of this are not great. We need to, we need to fix this one. Yeah, I think, you know, what this suggests is that Colossus is kind of drunk on power. And these extremely negative parts of his personality are getting amplified 
to really gross levels. Um, the date itself, I think, is pretty visually memorable in that it takes place in a parted sea with fish flopping around and the waves on either side of them just kind of like being held off by Colossus's mighty god powers. Um, but he looks straight up insane. So he does. But then when he's describing what the Phoenix Five are doing, and this is the core problem with AVX, he says, we have made gardens of the desert, fed the hungry, clothed the naked. We have eradicated warfare from the face of the earth. Anything we dream, we accomplish. And that sounds pretty good, all things considered. Like, the Phoenix Five are not doing a bad job. Namor got out of pocket a little bit and wanted revenge. Yeah, I mean, that's always been one of the issues with this, is that even after they become the Phoenix Five, they're doing good things, right? But like Unambiguously good. Yeah, here's where it gets dicey, is what he says immediately after that. And he says, anything we desire, we soon have. And the implication is that if Kitty does not succumb to him and is going to be his partner um, in his godhood, well you know, would be a real shame if, uh, you know, somebody broke the Jean Grey school, you know, would be a shame that if we just killed everybody who lives here and that's, that part's not cool. Yeah. That's essentially where this goes. So there, there is obviously, you know, some things that the, the Phoenix five are doing and you're like, Oh wow. You know, this is actually some, some pretty good things that could happen for the earth. And at the same time, it's like, Oh, well, actually he's kind of out of his mind and terrifying. Honestly, I'm going to, we can come back to it, but I don't actually think Colossus is the like most out of his mind, uh, and weird and bad person on a date in this entire comic, even. Well, we, and I'm, not, I'm not making excuses for Colossus. I'm just saying we do uh, get a very creepy reveal in the midst of this that is played for laughs. Um, we have known for the length of this, uh, this story so far that Toad has been harboring feelings for Husk. And Zach, would you like the pleasure of telling us what we cut to at a certain point in this issue? <laughs> well, at one point they're at, they're at the Jean Grey school. They are, uh, having a meeting and kitty points and says husk would you mind going to the and then you hear a or you see a balloon from off panel i'm over here that's just some old skin sorry i'll clean it up <laughs> toad the janitor says no no i got it let me clean it up and then it cuts to him having her dressed up in like in like a southern bell outfit uh having a tea party where he says, more tea, Miss Guthrie. Why, thank you, Mortimer. Don't mind if I do. It's weird. And it's also weirder that Jason Aaron does play this later as, like, actually, she thinks it's sweet that he likes him so much. That he makes a weird dead skin thrown to her. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the, the locust husk that's sitting in the chair. There's also literal heads and faces, like... Posted on the we're wall. Supposed, like, and yes, we're supposed to. We're <laughs> supposed to think that Husk is having a like. This is supposed to be a sign that Husk is okay with this. With so it's a sign that she's not doing so well. But that plot never really actually resolves. No, in any sort of satisfying way. Nope. So we're just set all that up, and then have it just be. And then they dated for a little bit. Yeah, Colossus does come to his senses, like as he is about to really start the destruction. Uh, I believe he burns Kitty's hand um, and she screams and, you know, he says the Phoenix line, uh, you know, I am fire and life incarnate now and forever. And you, you sense that he's on the verge of doing something really terrible. And then he stops and realizes, Oh God, I'm terrible. You know, I need to get out of uh, here. No, no, this one I'm out. I'm yeah. out guys. My bad. Yep. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go walk in like the Russian snowy wilderness for a while because I did a bad. This issue's a lot. I I don't think that Jorge Molina is up to as good as Jorge Molina gets. Yeah, that's weird because I like Molina. Yeah, and he was not. He was not where he should have been on this one. He's just not 
like fully developed here. And the coloring also is kind of off-putting. Um, everything kind of looks illuminated from within. Um, it's a very shiny coloring that I, I just don't like. Um, I don't think it serves the story very well. Everything it doesn't looks glossy and fluorescent. So that the colors are Maury Hollowell. Well, I'm not super familiar with, but, um, this issue is just okay. I think conceptually it's a fun idea because of, you know, it's, it's Phoenix Colossus, but it really is pushing the envelope on, you know, how terrible Colossus is, which can work. It can, but it doesn't make for an enjoyable read. I don't think. Well, like, okay, here's the thing. And I know world's number one Ben Percy defender over here. I get it. Colossus is bad in Ben Percy's X Force, and mm-hmm. he is not—he is not innocent by any means. Like there is the open question of how much of what he did was Colossus, and how much of it was the Chronicler, right? Like, and I think that's a fun, good question to bring up for the character, but also adds a bit more pathos to it. Like Percy doesn't try and break the toy, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's a that's something that a lot other writers could maybe use if like, look, the problem is, yeah, you could do one good story and have the character broken if no one ever had to use it again, but he's on the cover of uh giant size X-Men number one. So <laughs> <Right>. you can't <laughs> it's it's here's the characters on the cover of giant size X-Men number one. You can break it's Thunderbird. And they did that one. Mm-hmm. The rest of them. You can't No. Maybe Sunfire. Sunfire's not on the cover. Oh, that's right. That's I had, right. I had to look at. I had to look at the uh, print of the cover I have on my wall just to make sure. I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think Sunfire's on that. Oh <laughs> uh, well, he does quit, so we'll, we'll give him some credit. Um, so I think this we is probably is this the the worst of the three this week. I'm not like super in love with this issue, even though I think. It, it's probably a little bit more high. I think this is probably better than date night. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but... how much better? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't think this is better than extreme X-Men expose. Okay. And that's at five forty-four. Okay. So we're somewhere in the lower five hundreds here. Actually, and... no, this is better than first X-Men though. Okay, and first X Men is at five forty seven. Okay, all right. So we're in the we're in the five hundred to five fifty range. And I feel I feel good about that because right now five fifty is stairs, and this is objectively a better comic than stairs. <laughs> okay, I think that's fair. But we're probably in the right area at at five forty one. We have a plus X thirteen to eighteen, Captain America plus Cyclops. What do you think about it compared to that? This is probably better than that, but I don't know if this is better than three or five thirty-seven. Uncanny X-Men: Survival of the Fittest, which is the start of the Cullen Bunn Uncanny, which has just not the art you want it to have, mm. but I think has a little bit more going on story-wise. I think that's totally fair. If we Gave the edge to maybe what if 43, which is right below that though. Cause that does have that fun kingpin thing that's in it, which I kind of like. Sure. <laughs> okay. That's all I could remember. It's like, there's a kingpin thing in there. That's kind of okay. Yeah, that's all I remember from fun. that comic. All right. So uh, this is it's gonna... better than Aurora before the storm though. So yes. All right. So this is going to be our new 539 Wolverine and the X-Men number 14. And, uh, Zach, that was a very lovely date. Thank you so much for taking me out. I appreciate that. Listen, I have to be out of town for uh, Valentine's Day this year. Oh. So this Uh is all the dates I'm getting. I have to to go to... Adam, guess how I get to spend my Valentine's dinner? At a corporate awards ceremony. Gosh. Hmm, Hope they give you chocolates. I I don't know. How does that work? Um, Well, they did last year. uh, Oh. As... And I brought to my wife, and then she's like, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> As like, yeah, they gave it to me at work. And she's like, you didn't have to say that. You could have said you just picked this up. <laughs> I was like, fair, fair. Um, 
so yeah, no, this is this is the extent of my Valentine's dates because I'll be in a different state from my wife, which I can't imagine, honestly, what? being cross cross country and so long distance. It sounds <laughs> don't sounds tease rough. Me. Don't I, tease me. Um, I love you, bud. I love I'm you sorry. Too. Uh, so. Oh. For whatever, uh, listeners, whatever you're doing for Valentine's Day, we hope you enjoy it. If you're anti-Valentine's Day, we still hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the day regardless. Like, yeah, if you're hope it's a good Wednesday. Day, is it Wednesday? I don't know. Here's the I think it's a here's Wednesday. Secret. Is it a Wednesday? Here's the secret. Here's the, here's the secret. Here's the secret. I already ordered flowers like a month and a half ago. Nice. So I don't have to remember when the actual day of Valentine's <laughs> Day is. I can remember day of when I look at the calendar and be good. Good job. Good job. It is a Wednesday. Great. Great. It is the Wednesday after this comes out. Um, Great. Oh, hey, good news to all of you folks who couldn't get on Blue Sky uh, because you couldn't get one of those silly invite codes. There's no more invite codes. So come on over to Blue Sky and follow uh, Adam Reck. It's a good time. Um, you can also follow on Instagram at Adam Rec, and if you're still on Twitter, Arthur Stacy and Zach. What do we have cooking for next week? Next week we have cooking something that our patrons don't even know that they want. Ooh, because that's the thing, Adam. We have some great patrons on Patreon.com/slash Adam, and if folks want to join them, they can for five dollars. If you liked this episode and then have an idea, it's like, actually, you should cover this story. And then you give us $5 and then we cover that story as well as two silly ones. We it's do a, good a deal. silly one twice. Yeah. And because I felt like it, I felt like doing three silly ones. Actually, <laughs> we thought I was going to be gone and we were going to skip a week and then we didn't. So we had an open episode and I was mm-hmm. like, actually, I got this. I got this. Uh, we're doing exclusively. And this is this was my thought process upsettingly wild stories from Wolverine volume three. (laughs) It sounds like a really good time. I can't wait to record that episode with you. I Adam, I can't wait for five minutes from now after I go get my water (laughs) and we record back to back because yes, I will be gone all next week. Like I had previously said, Uh, but until then folks, this has been Valley Adam. We hope you survived the experience. Get it.